Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. What is up, everyone? Hope you're all doing well. Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. Like I said, we were going to be doing week-by-week episodes. However, today we're not going to be talking about the news. We're not going to be talking about fantasy picks because uh, there's no races here. Instead, we're going to do something that I think a lot of you suspected that this podcast would be when you first saw it, but then you realize, oh, this is just some weird smuck from Nevada who's just talking about NASCAR. Well, today we are going to talk about a field filler Finally, going to actually do this. Yes, I realized that I want to start doing stories now ever since we did the Halloween specials. That was a lot of fun, and I figured, why don't we shed some light on some drivers in the back of the field for this year? And we're going to start off with the one that a lot of you know and a lot of you have made memes on. We're going to be talking about the double zero of Quinn Hoff. So strap yourself in, put on that discount helmet, and get ready for some of the slowest left turns in the NASCAR world. It is time to dive into a field filler. It has been years since we've had a field filler that has caused as much news and controversy as Quinn Hoff in the Double Zero Starcom Racing Chevrolet did this year. Quinn Hoff at the beginning of the year went from a forgettable rookie to a downright racing meme in a matter of weeks. Was it because he failed the drug test, said hateful words to other drivers? Well, neither. He just made so many bonehead moves in the Cup Series that NASCAR fans couldn't help but poke fun at the rookie from Virginia. So who is Quinn Hoff and what did he do to become one of the most infamous drivers in recent memory? Quinn Hoff was born in September of 1997 in a little small town northeast of Charlottesville. Hoff started his racing career at the young age of 8 in go-karts with his dad. His excitement grew throughout the years that he would move up to the Mini Cup cars, which is the mini version of a NASCAR Cup car, at age 9 then limited late models by age 13. At the age 16, Quinn Hoff would make the big step into the big leagues as he would compete in his first ever NASCAR sanctioned race in 2014 at Greensville Pickens Speedway. Some noticeable drivers that competed in this K&N race were Austin Hill, Gray Galding, Ben Rhodes, Brandon Jones, and Kaz Grala, just to name a few. Many drivers who would soon become regulars in the NASCAR Top 3 series. Quinn also had a longtime Cup Series veteran Ken Schrader as the owner of his number 52 car. With a lot of experience at the short tracks and having a Cup Series veteran like Ken Schrader own his car, it seemed like everything was going to be put together for an amazing start for the future Cup Series racer. Except he wrecked out around the halfway point and finished 21st out of 22 cars. So, he decided to move back down to the Super Late Model Series in 2015. In 2015, he was able to compete for the full 2015 season in the Cars Super Late Model Tour. He honestly didn't do too bad, finishing 4th in the points and getting a victory at the Tri-County Motor Speedway in North Carolina. Hey, that meant he met the criteria to race with Kyle Busch at the Mile and a Half Tracks. Do you remember Las Vegas of last year? Because of this success, Quinn was named the 2016 Kowicki Driver Developmental Program. 
Hey, a driver development program named by a NASCAR legend. That means there had to be some great drivers on this lineup. Let's let's look into this. There was actually a few noticeable drivers on here. There was uh, Natalie Decker and uh, Brandon Setzer and a guy named Jeremy Douse who ran a couple races at the Snowball Derby. Hmm. Well, behold Quinn Hoff, the king of that year's developmental program. Anyways, he was downgraded to part-time for the 2016 and 2017 season for the Super Late Model Series. He collected one more victory and then ran a race for David Gillen in the 2016 All-American 400 at Fairground Speedway, where he finished 9th out of 32. I mean, say what you want, but Quinn Hoff was doing pretty well in these way lower series. Now, at this point, you're probably wondering, so, uh, when does Quinn Hoff start making his full-time run in the lower NASCAR series, like the Truck Series or the Xfinity Series? Hell, maybe even a full-time at the K&N Series would be smart. But Quinn Hoff never did that. In fact, between 2017 and 2018, Quinn Hoff ran a total of 17 races. To put that in perspective, the ARCA series, NASCAR starter series for drivers, had 20 races in one scheduled year. This man didn't even run the equivalent to one ARCA year before he went into the Cup Series. You what? What's worse is that these runs were not the most stellar performances by a driver. Out of these 17 races, his best finish was a 6th place finish in the ARCA Series. Right. Just to put that in perspective, all the other rookies that competed in the 2020 Cup Series Rookie of the Year had at least one win in the ARCA, Truck, or Xfinity Series. Quinn Hoff had a 6th place finish at best. Oh my. Oh my, my, my. There was no way that this driver was ready to move up into the Cup Series anytime soon. But we already know what's coming up here. On July 2019, Quinn Hoff got one of the most surprising offers to drive for the number 77 Spire Motorsports part-time for the 2019 season. What was surprising was the fact that the team didn't even seem to hire him for his phenomenal runs, but rather his job at finishing races and keeping his equipment intact. Hey, you know what? These are not my words. This is what one of the owners of Spire Motorsports said. (laughs) You serious? Yeah, this sounds pretty damn stupid for a newly formed team who just bought the charter and cars from Furniture Row Racing, a team who won a championship in 2017 but shut down at the end of the 2018 season. How did they go from that... To this! Ah, forget it. Smooth brain, ladies and gentlemen. Smooth brains. Quinn Hoff stated, I'm looking forward to learning some new tracks as well as revisiting some others. I'm also anxious to see how these long 400 and 500 mile races will play out. I just want to go out there and put the cars where it needs to be because this is the top of the sport. And I have to learn how these guys race in order to become a better driver myself. So how did Quinn Hoff do in his first season in the Cup Series? Well, his best finish in his 17 attempts was a 28th place finish at Charlotte where he finished four laps down. There was not one race where he finished less than three laps down. He had three DNFs, one for being too slow on the racetrack at Dover. His average finishing position was 33rd, and he finished 35th or worse four times. Oh dear. Oh dear. It didn't seem like the Spire Motorsports experiment worked too well for the driver and team. 
but you know damn well that this is not where the story ends. Oh, no, no, no. Because on November of 2019, Starcom Racing, a team that has been running full-time for the last two seasons at this point, with drivers such as Jeffrey Earnhardt, Landon Castle, Kyle Weatherman, and you know the ultimate field filler, Derek Cope, decided to tell their full-time driver of the 2019 season, Landon Castle, that he was getting the boot with peace and love as the team said that they had commitments to Landon Castle that they planned to honor in 2020, which never really happened. Please, someone tell me what they committed to him this year. I did not see him once at the track with Starcom Racing. So why did they give him the boot, you ask? because they wanted to give the part-time rookie full-time for the 2020 and 2021 season. At this point, everyone is wondering, what the hell do these teams see in Quinn Hoff? I mean, it's not like he's a horrible, horrible driver, but he hasn't really done anything that's too freaking phenomenal up to this point in any of the top series. However, when I decided to go to Starcom Racing's website and saw that the team's president, Matthew Kohler, who in his photo to represent who he is, is wearing the late Hugh Hefner suit, and the CEO, which is his brother, wearing a suit that is suitable for a high school junior prom, it all started to make a little sense. Okay, now I see why these guys just have no freaking idea what they're doing. So let's see if we're all caught up here. We have a driver with a resume that would make Natalie Decker look like a worthy candidate for a cup car. Check. A team who is owned by three businessmen of a telecommunications company with the style of a man who fancies fedoras. Check. And a team where their best finish in the last three years in the point standings is 32nd. What's the worst that can happen? The double zero has crashed here in Daytona. Rookie Quinn Houff. Oh, oh, got one around. Quinn Houff is around, and he is into the inside retaining wall. The double zero. Looks like a lot of damage there to Quinn Houff. Well, let's get started with the biggest race of them all, the Daytona 500 which went as well as passing a kidney stone in the library bathroom as Quinn Hoff wrecked out and finished 39th out of 40 drivers. Hey, great start there. The next four races didn't fare too well either as he finished 32nd, 35th, 34th, and 36th, racking up already three DNFs in the first five races. Yikes. I wonder at this point if the Hugh Hefner wannabe was shitting himself, wishing he had Landon Castle back. However, he was able to get a slightly better finish at Darlington where he finished 26th, only one lap down. Man, one lap away and he was going to finally feel what it was like to actually complete a full schedule race. So close. The next two races at Charlotte didn't pan out nearly as well as he finished 35th and 32nd, multiple laps down. Huh? Easy come, easy go. The next week at Bristol, he would almost top his best finish of 26th by finishing 27th. However, unlike Darlington, where he finished one lap down, he finished 17 laps down and still managed to finish 27th. How the hell did that happen? Did everyone just give up about at the halfway point and said, screw it, we're only going to be doing 450 laps, 500, that is way too much. Congratulations, Quinhoff. Get your 27th place finish. I don't know. But the next three races, Quinhoff would return back to form, finishing 32nd, 34th, and 33rd. But then at Talladega, he was able to avoid most of the wrecks and finish 27th once again, only one lap down. So maybe he's starting to go up to the upside. He's starting to finish 27th or better. Uh, maybe he's going to finally turn stuff around in the summer. But we already knew he wasn't going to be able to repeat a top 30 place finish in the next race since this is Quinn Hoff we're talking about. And we were right. 
In the 14th race of Pocono, Quinn Hoff would wreck out of the race on the 19th lap and would finish in the last position for the first time in the 2020 season. He would slightly improve in the second Pocono race the very next day and finish a solid 31st. Hey, at this point, this is a slightly above average finish for the driver. But then he was able to have his best finish yet at one of the biggest races of the season, the Brickyard 400. It was nothing flashy as he finished two laps down. However, with a 23rd place finish, it would be the best run by the 0-0 team up to this point. Sadly, this slightly impressive finish would soon be overshadowed by one incident that would make Quinn Hoff a meme in the Cup Series. I think nobody could argue that it was a very poor decision. Um, yeah, and yes, we do review every incident you know, of every race. We didn't speak to the driver last night, but we will before we get going again at Kansas. You know, they, they've got to do better than that. I think that nobody could argue that that wasn't a poor one. At the halfway point in the 2020 season in the 2020 O'Reilly Auto Parts 500 at Texas, Hoff made a last-man decision to enter pit road with only 29 laps to go. Nothing out of the ordinary except he was in the middle lane going into turn 3 and 4, and then he dive-bombed inside, clipping the cars of Christopher Bell and Matt Bandetto in the process before crashing into the outside retaining wall himself. He was later on criticized by both Matt Benedetto and Brad Keselowski, who even proposed that NASCAR should add a regulation structure that would demote developmental drivers to the lower division should they commit a mistake similar to Hoff's. This embarrassing mistake had the biggest names in the business consider moving Quinn Hoff to the lower series because of a lack of judgment call by the 23-year-old. I don't know if I've ever heard this rule be proposed about a Cup Series driver during the entire time that I've been watching NASCAR. During this time of this incident, there were a lot of NASCAR fans on social media honestly debating whether this proposal should be implemented in NASCAR or not. I mean... In some ways, it did make sense, but overall, we knew it would never happen. The proposal was eventually scrubbed, and no driver got demoted, so Quinn Hoff was able to run the Cup Series. Unfortunately, the only thing that most people remember from this incident is the fact that Quinn Hoff made such a bonehead move. During the second half, Quinn Hoff and the Double Zero team were able to score five top 30 finishes, 24th at Kansas, 27th at Michigan, 23rd at Daytona, 29th at Bristol, and a 28th at the Roval, finishing on the lead lap in three of those races. Hell, even had a top 15 finish at Talladega with a 13th place finish. However, with every top 30 finish, there would be two more finishes of 33rd or worse for the Virginia driver. And no one was looking at these impressive finishes that he was starting to rack up. Instead, all they can remember was that bonehead move that he did at Texas. In the end, Quinn Hoff and the double zero car would finish the 2020 season 35th in owner points with an average finish of 32nd. The worst the team has finished since the team went full time in 2017. As far as the Rookie of the Year went as well, he finished in the last place over all the rookies. Worse than Brandon Poole, who missed a few races throughout the year due to lack of sponsorship. And there you have it. A failed experiment once again by the Virginia driver Quinn Hoff, who finished 6th overall in the Rookie of the Year campaign and finished worse than all of the charter cars, except for the number 51 machine who was ran by multiple experimental drivers throughout the year thus ending an atrocious 2020 season for the rookie that was known as one of the worst field fillers in recent memory. Now, 
I don't want to see Quinn Hoff as an absolute lost cause in this episode because he does have the capability to turn things around in the 2021 season. No, he's not going to be running in the top 20 on a regular basis or being a contender for the chase. That seems a little too optimistic for the Starcom Racing team. What Quinn Hoff has the capability to do is finish next year in the top 30 in owner points. Now, this seems like a tough feat to accomplish, but it is doable. In order to do this, Hoff is going to have to score 400 points minimum in the 36 race schedule. Why 400, you ask? Well, Corey LaJoy in the number 32 car finished 30th in the point standings this year with 408 points, and with the next driver being nearly a full race behind, this seems like a safe spot to get a top 30 in owner points. Now, Quinn Hoff only scored 214 points. That's nearly double what he was able to do this year. But if he's able to finish on average 27th or better in each race next year, then he can achieve this goal. It's a little far-fetched, I know. But if this team can somehow make those top 30 finishes a common accomplishment in the 2021 season, then perhaps we can see this little team start making changes in the right direction. For now, we will associate Quinn Hoff as a field filler, but this could be the start of a rise for a driver out of Virginia that went from super late model cars all the way up to the Cup Series where he could become an everyday contender in the top series. Only time will tell whether that statement becomes true or if he's going to become another field filler lost in the back of the field. And that will conclude the story of the double zero Quinn Hoff machine in the 2020 season. Honestly, this was a lot of fun to research. I was honestly wondering which field fillers I would do a story on. And this one seemed to really grab my attention most just because of how fast he went up into the top series and also how much people were talking about him in a negative way. So hopefully I'm able to do a few more episodes like this for the 2020 season. Maybe I'll go back to some other past years for some drivers who may have even did worse than Quinn Hoff. But I think this is a good direction to go for in the winter season. So let me know how you guys enjoyed this episode. If it's something that you guys really enjoy and you want to hear more of, please let me know. Leave a comment. I would be more than happy to take any feedback and see where you guys want to go forward on this. But that is the first story. Hopefully it's the first of many we shall see but overall guys thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest i have been able to fill out the last few remaining minutes of your time so i'm going to take my car and pull it right on into pit road collect my last place winnings and i am out so you all take care this has been the field filler podcast <laughs>